You are now listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Ooh, final pod. The final Crankworks pod. That's going to maybe come out second. It will come out second after Kaz's. Oh, God, my brain. We're kind of a little out of order here, but that's because we got a big get today. We got the big man. Maybe the biggest man? Physically? No. Mm-hmm. Um prize money wise mm. and oh, skill wise oh, also tall though very tall very tall very, very tall we have emil johansson actually coming to visit us and talk to us Daddy, yes! he said he is on his way Ooh. he is staying here at the ava as well so i'm assuming it's a pretty quick jaunt over <laughs> here everybody's at the ava this is the day after joyride the m- morning-ish after joyride so i'm sure He's feeling okay. Yeah, he had, he had a good night last night. He was having fun. I think he was out till probably like 5 a.m. or something, Roman. Yeah. Just living life. As he should. As he should. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. wonder what he got up to. Well, I mean, that's we can ask. Yeah, we should ask we him. Yeah, should definitely ask him. Um, Do you think he's going to show up with the big check? God, I hope he does because I think that it would just fit right there on the wall. Real nice. Perfect. Yeah. The I'm, biggest check. I'm going to assume crackers. he's not going to show up with it. I, too humble. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I did ask. Oh, you did? I did ask. Oh, okay. Then then I think you will. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It'd be nice. Yeah. I think it'd, it'd be, be nice. pretty cool. So he's won nine times in a row now? Eight. Won what eight times in a row? Crankworks slope style events. Did I already mess that oh, okay. up? Yeah. It's hard to keep how track many, when it's this many. <laughs> how many events are there per Crankworks? So there's always one slope style yeah. per Crankworks. Always. Yeah. Um, and then they also have the pump track, the speed and style, the downhill race, maybe an air downhill race, which is a different downhill race. But um, the slope style is always the penultimate, the big crowd getter, the the exciting. They're all exciting, of course, but slope style is special. So for him to get to nine, he's like eight, winning like eight. eight. I did mess up. I, there's a there's a video here on Chuck's Instagram story that they had a banner that said Emilio Hansen seven in a row, and then we got Mike Monger here, Chuck employee, spray painting out the seven and then putting eight underneath. Sick, nice. <laughs> sick, legendary. So yeah, eight in a row. So that how would, many crankworks is 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 that? That would be eight crankworks, and which really? only happen maybe three or four times a year. So that's over multiple years. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. insane. That's like, it's one thing, I think, to go into something that, like a, um, a season of sports and be dominant in that season. But this is over multiple years of yeah. winning. Like, this is consistency on another level. I'm impressed. He's just so wildly consistent, like, obviously in his results, but in his riding, his, he's just butter. I don't mm-hmm. know how else to describe it. He just makes it look so easy. Yeah, it's just the precision. Like even me as a, a layman, I was like, Phew. just like there's no doubt when you're watching. You're like, yeah, he's gonna land that. He's gonna land that. Yeah, like, it just goes. It's almost like relaxed. Like yeah. it's a little easier to watch because you know he's gonna kill it. Yeah, the guy, <laughs> some some people are just a little bit more hectic, and you're kind of it's kind of fun in a different way. There's like this mm. sort of chaos to it. Will yeah. he? Won't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like almost more thrilling in a in a certain type of way, but it's thrilling because he might crash. <laughs> and and the tricks that he's doing are technical in the way that he's doing a lot of them opposite so that means yeah. the the foot forward how would you jason you describe this i mean everyone has the preferred way to spin the bike or themselves or the bars 
because you're right foot forward or left foot forward and that's just natural for you. So he does a lot of that, but also mixes in going the other way, which is like writing your name with the wrong hand. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's a mind melter of a thing to do. And, uh, but he, you can't tell. Like you, no, you can't tell. Different. So like, he's ambike dexterous? <laughs> yes. Something like that. Yeah, there's some people who are throwing some opposite tricks, um, like opposite tail whip. And you can tell. You can tell. It looks a little goofy because mm-hmm. it's like throwing a softball with your left hand or your opposite hand. And it looks goofy. Mm-hmm. But he's just so clean. It's amazing. Yeah. Should, yeah. We, t- should we talk about anything else while, while we kill time? Um, well, see a crank works. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. It's been great. We're, yeah. uh, we're going to Quebec next week. Uh, yes, this is our next adventure to the land of poutine. poutine. Yes, we're going on. I mean, we can probably say it. Like, we're going to go on a quest of sorts. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, we're, <laughs> we've basically convinced some people on the east coast of Canada to bring us over there to, uh, to begin the search for the perfect poutine. Mm-hmm. The bikes are just secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, we just won't tell them that. It's really about poutine, so it's we're all going to gain about twenty pounds at least over there. I know. We've actually been like throttling our bodies this summer in terms yeah. of biking, eating out, and then drinking. So if we sound a little rough, it's the the day after Crankworks uh, <laughs> or a joyride, which we were out very late. We explained it in another pod, so I don't want to go into it again. But also, let's give one more shout out to the Ava Hotel. Yeah, seriously, above and beyond. We've done, is it a sixth podcast now? Yeah, and again, this is out of order because we had to yeah. put out a meal first, but uh, we explain at one point that they've cleared out a room, mm-hmm. they've taken out the beds, and they've just let us take over. Yeah. So people come in here and they're like, what? <laughs> What's going on? Mm-hmm. Where are the beds? Mm-hmm. I, I wonder what Emil thinks he's going to walk into. Um, like us just chilling on probably beds. chilling on beds. He's like, probably. what is this? Yeah. <laughs> it's a bed cast. Hey, so Jason, how did you meet Emil? Um, I've met him. That's a great question. I think just through doing the event circuit with pink bike and the crankworks and the slope styles, I believe I met him, um, in person at big white, actually the big white slope style a couple of years ago. And, um, it's a much smaller event than here. And, you're much more connected with the riders. It's very easy to access everyone. It's a smaller space. And um, he actually came up to me at the, the after party at uh, Snowshoe Sam's there in Big White. And Fine establishment. <laughs> great place. Actually, it is a really great place. And uh, he let me know that he was a, a fan. He liked, he liked IFHD videos. He knew like, how to buy a mountain bike and um, how, to be, how to be a mountain biker. And <laughs> uh, I was like, man, I... I think I'm the fan, actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is uh, the opposite of what sounds like the beginning of a real be romance. Um, Emil is 23. 23. So I mean, I guess if he was watching some of those videos, he could have been pretty young, surfing yeah. YouTube, yeah. messing around. For sure. I mean, I, I, I think old. he's of yeah, yeah. But he's of that age of and probably back in Sweden, like watching North American mountain bike content. We were probably up there. So we love to talk in circles in this podcast, but we got to make it quick and snappy because he's a busy man. He wants yeah. to go ride some trails. That's fair. And yeah. I can't even imagine how many people are trying to pull him in another direction, you know? Yeah, we're super fortunate to uh, to have him today, yeah. right like right after. Yeah, the, uh, we're, we're probably the first real scoop. Uh, this little humble podcast started from not knowing what to call it mere months ago. <laughs> we're totally going to feed off each other today. Oh, man, I'm... T- I'm real hungry. Yep. Starving. Yep. My tummy is empty, and I'm. Re- oh, there he is. Come on in. Come on in. Come in. 
Hey. hey. And we're live. Welcome to the room. This is a bit fun. This is actually from video series. Oh, it's oh, still perfect. Works. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I Come in. I from, like, Reese got it sent here. Or he, he brought it to a reception because I left it at this place up? a couple years ago. Oh, sick. So the, the other one is still at Stratum. Ah. Uh-huh. Thanks Congrats. for being here. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you. We're rolling, by the way. I'm oh, David. We're in. We're in. We're in. I'm David, Shoot. by the way. You want to get in the zone? Nice to meet you. We're gonna try to make. make we're gonna try our best to make it quick. Yeah. Because we know there's a mountain up there that needs to be ridden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going out. So um, get nice and close to that microphone. Yeah. Oh. Right in there. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Here we can t- we can even tilt you up a little bit. You want to rap? Nope. <laughs> uh, it's a freestyle rap podcast. So. I got other friends doing that for me. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's, yeah, true. yeah. that's true. Um, well, first off, don't we have a gift? Oh, yeah, we have a gift. It's right kind of under here. This is... Take a look at that. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we know the, mo- the 25 grand, you know, is pretty good. Yeah, but, this uh, is the real prize. That doesn't this be sweet. the yeah. Swedish berries. Yeah, for the viewers at home, <laughs> <laughs> it's a pack of Swedish berries. That's probably my first candy since I got here. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, do you like them? These or candy? Those. Those I probably had never tasted. <gasps> what? Whoa. What? Do we do a live on air tasting? <laughs> Wait, we're gonna ruin your like training <laughs> and your diet. Hmm? Or are you like messing up your diet? <laughs> do you have a strict oh, slope style yeah, diet? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Candy's okay. I take enough risks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you never had it. I'm wondering if they're even Swedish. Uh, I don't like. Oh, it says oh, Swedish berries. Yeah, 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 Swedish yeah. berries. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We gotta try that. Yeah, you gotta try that. <laughs> Wait, what about Swedish fish? You know Swedish fish? Yeah, it's funny with the Swedish fish though, because that's honestly the Swedish fish. We don't really have that in Sweden. Really? Like mm. that candy style. Like it's a special candy style. We have if fish candy, but not. Not the same as it the one sell that sells internationally. Just sweet and yeah. herring. Yeah, it actually so tastes get, like fish. Do you guys know what these taste? Or? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're delicious. They're really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you tell us. All right, he's going to live in. review. We need chemical in here. <laughs> so he's chewing? He's, he's masked. He's been so much eating on these podcasts recently. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is exactly how I expected the day after Crankworks to play out, for sure. Well, good. Very, very chewy. He yeah. likes it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have a soundboard. We have a soundboard. There's absolutely no nutrition in those, so. What? Well, there's yeah, they're something, fruit. I guess. Yeah, they're, they're fruit. There's some sugar. That's true. <laughs> it's basically just dried fruit, I think. <laughs> That's a true. A lot of syrup, yeah. Uh, so, Emil, we have uh, on this podcast, we do an intro yep. uh, to let people know who you are. And I think I wrote this one, but I, I want Dave to read it. Ooh, okay. And then you're going to rate it out of 10. And then you rate it out of 10 for accuracy and how much you like it. Okay, okay you ready? You prepared? Oh, wait, one more thing. Dave's the non-mountain biker of the group. Oh, yeah. So we he can make fun bike. of him. Yesterday was the first event I've ever been to of any kind. Oh, sweet. And so I got to see a good one. Yeah. No, you don't have to go to any other. <laughs> <laughs> one and done. Yeah, one and done, baby. <laughs> I saw the, the peak of the sport yeah. and I'm out. No, but like, for real, like, I think Whistler is pretty unmatched. With yeah, it was pretty incredible. A lot of other ones. Yeah. All right, well, here we go. Our guest today hails all the way from... Trollhatten, Sweden. How to do with that? Great. Sweet. Okay. He is what I would call a wizard on a bike that specializes in slope style and free ride. At the ripe old age of 23, he's already won eight crankwork slope style events, competed in the gnarliest contest on earth, Red Bull Rampage, and has made his passion for cycling his full time job. 
fresh off a huge win at Red Bull Joyride here in Whistler, the one, the only, Emil Johansson. Oh, <laughs> we laugh at him? What's going on? What the hell's going on? All right. I'm new to soundboard. You got a dock points for that soundboardage. I yeah. think that's, yeah. A nine? nine? Nine. I'll take it. I'll wow. absolutely take it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a high run one score. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the next one is going to be incredible. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's a nine club, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I and might just take it easy on the next one, actually, because I, you know, that might be a winning score, anyways. How was your night? Good, yeah. Saw you out there in the crowd watching yeah. Amine. Yeah. Good actually, concert. never, I've probably only ever heard one song, so it's like, I wonder if I know this song. Nope. This one, nope. <laughs> What's, do you this know, one, oh, yeah, this one. I know. You know Caroline? Caroline? Yeah. Caroline. <laughs> the song Caroline. Do you even know the title of it? No. Oh, uh, yeah. You just probably know. Caroline. Yeah. If it was the final song, I think. Yeah, it was his last. They were turning it up to but, 100. Don't get me wrong. Like, it was sick. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. What'd you get up to after uh, after the Red Bull concert? Were you roaming? Yeah, we roamed around town. We got to some after party, but pretty mellow. Where'd you Where'd you end up? At a parking lot. Oh, <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> that was you, all good. Did you see the sun come up? No. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. Responsible. How many <laughs> hours How many hours of sleep you running off? Four. Okay, sounds accurate. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what's it like after winning an event like that and like just like every step you take, people are trying to like fist bump you, high five you, hug, whatever. Uh, it's, it's strange, honestly. Like, like, it's almost hard to grasp in, like in, in, an, in the environment. Like people like literally running after me like, Emil, Emil. I'm like trying to go up the hill trying to focus on something and it's like people running up to me and it's like I want to give all the fans all the time possible like because that's what I like if I was a kid like and I saw my idol or like someone I want to signature from like to see them walk away like I wouldn't want that at the same time it's, it's like it's hard because I also got to like respect my profession to make sure that I'm ready for when the show is on and then I can give the signatures. But uh, no, it's crazy. It's mind-blowing, honestly. How many autographs do you think you signed uh, this week? A uh, couple. Of th- it's above 1,000 at least. Wow. Above 1,000. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> or it has to be. Like, we had a couple of signing sessions. I think we had 50, 100, or two. Like, I don't even know how many. And then all the time. So maybe, like, roughly 1,000. So when you're when you're up at the start gate and you see the the sea of people, I think yeah. they said like thirty eight thousand people or some crazy number. Um, are you kind of? I'm gonna parallel this with the name of our podcast, feeding off that crowd. Like, is that kind of you feel the energy and the excitement, and or is it? Are you putting it out of your mind? And you're just like, nah, focus, tunnel vision. Yeah, it's. I don't. It's strange. Like in the beginning, it, like it got to me. Like. I felt it in a different way than nowadays. Uh, it's like, again, it's like almost too big to grasp. And like, I I can't really allow my mind to like focus on that stuff. Like, obviously, like hearing the crowd and stuff when you're going down the course, it's it's exciting and like it gets you pumped and so on. But at the same time, you got to be so mentally focused. So I think a lot of times I like, I go full time to listen pretty much. Yeah, for from sure. From start to finish, like. 
And that that goes that doesn't just go for the contest run. It goes for like literally from when the contest starts till the contest ended. Yeah, or even like practice, right? And yeah, that kind of prepping for it. Interesting. Do you have any rituals before you drop in? I saw someone up on top of the hill. I think like tap wood or something. Do you have any like superstitious kind of rituals? Or you just not necessarily. I mean, like I just gotta do what I gotta do. Like if I feel like. My arm is itching, I itch it, and then I go. <laughs> like, like, I don't really have any specific thing, like. Any music some, or anything like that? So It depends on, like, what mood I'm in. Like, sometimes I clap my hands just to, like, get amped up or something, but it's not like I got to, like, clap my hands, like, two and a half times or something to yeah, get it yeah. done. Uh, I don't really necessarily trust in that or, like, believe in that things, those things. Put the abilities on yourself and yeah. you know you can do it kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Do you, do you feel uh, a sense of relief today, like, compared to how you felt yesterday? Totally. Like, the lead-up to this event has been very difficult. So, to now, like, somehow, some way, even the fact that I was able to ride yesterday is, like, a win already. So, uh, definitely relieved. And it's, uh, it's strange, like, competitions change. Like, for me, three years ago when I won, like, I was, like, over the moon excited. I'm still like really excited, but it's a different type of excitement. Like, uh, it's way less like external. Like, it's way more internal, I would say. And uh, especially with this one, it was like a huge relief more than anything, just to be on the hill and perform again. Like, I didn't really think I would do that a month ago. So, tell us about your hand. So I was out riding downhill bikes. It's really slippery and. I just had a stupid crash where I punched a rock when I crashed. Snapped the middle bone to my ring finger on a Friday. Which finger is that? Uh, on your right hand? Here. Like, you oh, can yeah. see it's a bit swollen if you look at it. Yeah, it's oh, definitely yeah. puffy. Oh, yeah. 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 So, Wednesday marked four weeks in surgery. Wow. And I was riding on Tuesday. And yesterday marked exactly a month. Like, on July 13th, I got the surgery done. No and on way. July 14th, I left the hospital. So today, it's exactly one month. And last week, like, flying out here, I, like, even if I just, like, stuck my hand in the pocket and I got caught on, like, the edge of the pocket, it hurt, like, so bad. Uh, <laughs> I was, like, doubting myself, even if it was, like, worth flying out. Right. And on Tuesday, somehow, some way, it kind of just worked and rolled with it. But I've been, yeah, it's it's been difficult for sure. No doubt. You still have the hardware. Obviously, you have hardware in there yeah. then. Like holding yeah, it, it will be in. It, it depends. Like, it would stay in. could stay in for a couple of years, rest of my life, a couple of months. It, de it depends. Like, there's, there's no need to take it out unless I have issues with it. Because the surgery went well, and the surgeon... I don't know, like, if it's standard to do it, but basically, like, they call, like, so your bone has, like, a skin on it, almost, and he opened that skin up, put the plate and the bolts inside it, closed the skin up, and then closed up the hand over it, so basically, everything runs like it should over it, because otherwise, like, there's way bigger risk for, like, scar tissue buildup and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which has still been issues, but l way less than it could have been if it was, like, just... A, standard surgeon that would have done it so is it painful when you're riding because we the would never know that yeah the first couple of days were pretty bad uh it felt like i don't know it's it's strange to like 
tried to compare it to something, but like just the fact like my hand wasn't really used to holding a bar. Um, and so Tuesday I was at the river jumps. <laughs> that was my first time hitting jumps in like a month. Um, uh, trying trying to figure things out and like I would do like how many jumps is it like five I would get to the end of it and like my hand would be cramped up mm. I really <laughs> like almost need my other hand to like open it up fully you know like because it feels like almost like you've been in the bike park yeah you got the claw hand <laughs> yeah <laughs> the just like hand. <sighs> you could like open it up but uh it adapted pretty fast so are, are you is it painful during your run during your not necessarily no, no. But I also been taking like ibuprofen okay. and stuff just yeah, to like say. needing to like lower the inflammation because it got pretty puffy after the first day. Do you and have? I've um, been icing it for like two hours a day. Right. I was gonna ask, do you have like a, a sports doctor you can like talk to or yeah. a physio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so over the last couple of years, I've kind of developed a network around me with people that I trust, and now we have. Uh, an athlete doctor on on site as well to have contact with as well as some other people that I've got to know over the years that I can trust and I can bounce ideas back and forward with and so on. Yeah, it's awesome. I don't think the regular um, fan or, or viewer knows like all the behind the scenes that kind of goes into yep. making you be able to perform. Totally, it's uh, <laughs> it's a full time job and it's 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 a lot of. Uh, uh, puzzle pieces that need to be put together to be able to perform on any given day, really. Is your family here with you? No. No, no family here. They were here three years ago, though, which is pretty sweet. So have you spoken to them since your win? Yeah, I just spoke with mom and dad for a bit. Are they stoked? stoked. <laughs> yeah, no, they're excited. For sure. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, they <laughs> Or are they like, you made it? Cut. It's hard. I think they don't really try to let it get to me. <laughs> so they're like trying to keep it low, low key a bit. But mm -hmm. uh, no, they were really excited, honestly. Because yeah. it's because they, they know every bit of the process. And I've been on the phone with them. When it, like I was at the APC like last week, the Athlete Performance Center at Red oh, OS. Okay. Uh, trying to figure stuff out. And I got a like I got x ray done last week. And to see how it healed and like they've been involved in every bit of the process so they pretty much know how good this felt yeah they they get it then yeah. they get the what's happening and totally stoked that's awesome man yeah that's great so how much longer are you here for in canada uh yeah in whistler particularly uh, a couple of days i think okay so how you plan to spend it bike park bike, bike park, park. Yeah. Okay. that's good for the hands i heard yeah <laughs> what do you no, like to like honestly to like Riding the bike has been probably the game changer for just the rehab of the hand. Yeah. Right. Just using it as it's like used to be used, which is pretty harsh, honestly. Like riding isn't like real necessarily the nicest way to do it. We will see yet yeah, how the bike park is. Like a, a lot of brake bumps will Watch get to Watch the brake bumps. Yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> avoid zig them. <laughs> zigzagging. But I think, yeah, it should be. I'm excited. I haven't been in Whistler riding for three years. So I got a new bike and. I haven't been on my bike since I crashed, so I'm stoked. What do you like to ride in the bike park? What trails? Yeah, what, like, what, what are you stoked when you're honestly you're flying over? I'm like the type of guy who just never memorizes the name of okay. the trails. Okay. And then like the only ones that like stuck in my brain is like A Line and Dirt <laughs> Merchant because I hear it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then 
I don't, besides that, like, whenever I'm somewhere, I probably just follow around, like, locals or someone I'm riding with and then just follow them top, top to bottom and forget whatever trail I was on, really. But Do you enjoy the tech here in Whistler? Uh, yeah, I enjoy everything. Yeah. Like, gnarly, rocky shit is always scary, though. But uh, And Whistler is beyond anything standard when it comes to, like, what I get to ride in the bike park back home. So it's cool. Nice. Cool to be here. And then what? What's next? Next for me, uh, I will go to District Ride in the beginning of September. And that's Big. back for the first time in five years. So Where, where is that? In Nuremberg. Okay, Germany. yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. What What is that set up again? It's like through the streets, right? Like yeah. big, so big like obstacles. Yeah, so it's like an urban right. slope style. They're jumping, man. Mm. Are they still going to have where you get in the elevator and you go to the top yeah. of the building? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, okay awesome they have that crowd did you ever compete in that one yeah five years ago yeah it was a while it's been a while i guess yeah very cool um crank wars is a very uh it's almost like someone described it as a trade show now as much of uh as much as it is a hub for events and competitions um and i we wanted to ask you your experience with the business side of mountain biking because obviously you've gotten to mountain biking to have fun yeah um but now you're (laughs) You have a lot of people around you, yeah. a lot of a lot of suits. And <laughs> do, does not necessarily no? like a lot of suits, no. I wouldn't say. No? Mountain bikers tend to not use it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of plaid. A lot of flannel. Um yeah, but I don't know. Like do you do you enjoy any side of that part of mountain biking? Or, so, or do you or is there like a buffer around you? Other people kind of take care of that for you and uh, you get to focus on what you what you do best. Yeah, I've been I had a, in the beginning, I was working with uh, an, uh, like an athlete manager okay. or like a, what do you call it? An yeah, agent. just, you should, yeah, an yeah. agent. And it's, it's awesome. Like in the beginning, just to learn everything. And then as years go by, like starting to understand more of it instead of just being like a full stranger to it. And yeah, I don't, I don't really, I, I think it's pretty sick, honestly. Like obviously I got into biking because I love that part of it, but to be able to get food and live a life, uh, you have to do other things as well to keep it rolling. And I enjoy pretty much all aspects of it as long as I still have time to run my bike. That's good. So you, you have fun all the time then? Pretty much, yeah. I, I don't know uh, I don't know if you want to answer this, but is there, are there incentives for you to win from your sponsors? Like, you get prize money and they chip in more? Because there's a rumor that sponsors will double your prize money. There's a lot of rumors out there, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. But, yeah, like, I think any, any athlete uh, that looked over the contract probably has a bonus structure gotcha. in there somewhere. Uh, and uh, with a bonus structure, you can adapt it to what you think is achievable. And I mean, it's a negotiation, like both ends of the party got to agree to what they think is reasonable and whatever, not whatnot. But uh, yeah, there, there is bonus with winning. Like, first of all, you get a bonus for the event. Then second of all, you might have a bonus overlap for the next year. So you get additional money your following year like as a salary raise and then with winning or like with performing the value with the athlete goes up so obviously that's a kick as well 
So what are you going to spend the money on? Are you just what? <laughs> Is this like the top question? I still run the same vehicle as I had when oh, I was yeah. 18. Like haven't bought any other one. Probably should. AC's been broken for like four years. <laughs> you don't need that in Sweden. <laughs> uh, I do. In the summer it's pretty no cool. Way. But, uh, uh, what vehicle? It's a Volvo. Okay. It, it's been doing me good until recent years. It's just started breaking down. But So you're going to buy a CD player? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually got Bluetooth. Wow. Uh, wow. Nice. Uh, flashy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's not stock. I need to modify it. But No, I, I'm looking to get a house at some point uh, to get better training compound. But it's something that takes time. Like <laughs> the housing market now is pretty fucked. So. Where um, uh, whereabouts in Sweden are you living? Uh, I live in Dalarna, so okay. or that's the county, and then I live in Fallen. Okay, and that's for like Dave, who doesn't know Sweden at all. Um, yeah, it's just me. me. And <laughs> where whereabouts is that in proximity? Like, to like in the middle of it. In the middle, okay. Pretty much, like I think it's like one or two hours north from where I live. It's like the exact center of like Sweden. Is there mountains? Is it mountainous? Flat? It's hilly. Hilly. Yeah. It's like rounded. <laughs> it's it's not like here. Yeah. Uh, I wish it was like here. This is just uh, way better. <laughs> where do you have some of your your uh, favorite memories of riding? Where where in the world? Where in the world? Yeah. Uh, Whistler's been treating me well. Like I like it here. The bike park is good, and then. Canada overall, like, a lot of good riding here over the years. And then, I gotta say, New Zealand is pretty sick. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's favorite, probably. Just, because when I'm in New Zealand, it's, like, winter everywhere else. So, <laughs> like, feels like already being there, you're kind of winning, <laughs> you know? Like, mm -hmm. not needing to sit in the snow all day, so, no. Well, since we're on the topic of Sweden, let's transition to hockey. Dave's a big hockey guy. He wanted to talk to you about hockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah do you did you ever play? Do you have any relationship with yeah. hockey? Because um, I'm a big hockey fan, and also I'm a we're from Vancouver, so I'm a Canucks fan. And there's like a big history of Swedish players playing for the Canucks, like Sedins and Naslund, and on and on. So I was curious, a if you play hockey, and b if you know like any of the pros. Nope. No, you don't know, because I looked up <laughs> Dahlins from your hometown, right? Rasmus uh, Dahlin? I don't know. You don't know? No, okay, it's all good. So so like, I, we have no idea. I've, like, growing up, like, yeah. I frothed, like, doing sports, like, football, right. handball, hockey, yeah. whatever I could do, really. But biking is literally the only thing that I was passionate enough to, like, right. even, like, sit at a desk or, like, a table and, like, type in on YouTube. Right, right, right. <laughs> Like, find, like, sick riders yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. Like, but hockey is, like, always... I honestly can't say I watch more than like out of like my memory, maybe two full games in my whole life. Fair. Uh, All right. Well, transitioning out of <laughs> hockey back to biking. What was your first bike? My first bike. Uh, like at what level? Like you mean like very first was, like, bike you ever very remember first riding? Bike. I was probably yeah. like from my cousin or something. I don't oh. know, like a Swedish brand. Well, how about how about the first bike you like fell in love with that you felt like it was yours? The first bike. I actually bought like my dad got bought fifty percent of it, and I bought the other fifty. Like nice. we like split it. Shout out, I, dad. Was, I was like a Scott. It was a Scott uh, JR twenty four or something like 
honestly not a dirt jump bike but i like ripped the cables off and ran it single speed and i couldn't do x-ups because it would hit the pedal i was so i needed to like do like this to like do x-ups but like you'd have to raise the pedal yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, sketchy yeah but uh and did you just destroy that bike it ended up being my tramp bike for like oh nice like 70 years what's a tramp bike for those out there who don't know uh, you kind of take the wheels off, bottom bracket, or like cranks, then just kind of get some foam to like tape out the ugly edges so you don't jam your ankles too bad when you do tail and stuff and just jump on the trampoline with it. Or tear the trampoline with like the sprocket yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> do, you t- do you put the tennis balls on the fork? Uh, I'm going to build one of these No, I did soon. not. <clears throat> I probably should have done that, but I just taped it like maniac. <laughs> We and it was pretty, like, accurate in weight as well because it was so much tape on it that it kind of felt <laughs> like a bike. <laughs> Is that how you got so good at biking, tramp biking? Not necessarily, but I didn't have a lot of bike trails where I grew up. Mm. It's Looking back, it's very strange how I end up in the position I'm in. Like, it wasn't meant to be uh, with the given training playgrounds that was around, like, because there, there weren't any, like, really that good so yeah no it's strange when i think about it did you have like um we so we grew up in it's richmond which is yeah. the airport where you land and not here in whistler on the north shore and like we had like spots and yeah. it's, it wasn't a very good town for cycling either but we had like the skate park and the dirt jumps did you have those spots or even like the town bank that you do bar spins out of or yeah so we had a bank the bank, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the everyone bank. has a bank. Yeah. The bank, <laughs> and I learned like my first technology and stuff. But uh, we had like some—I wouldn't call it dirt jump spots, like or like trails. It was literally like, yeah, I don't know, lips were like this or something. But it felt huge when we were like six or seven years old. You're like, oh my god, that bang! <laughs> like that gap is way too long. But uh, yeah, we had a couple of those around town, but not a huge dirt jump scene but i was fortunate though like that i grew up in the age or like the time where and when i grew up because kind of like around like 2006 till 2010 dirt jumping were booming like crazy especially in the just bike shops were like buying in dirt jump bikes and it felt like all kids around town had like a kona stuff or what Mm -hmm. like those orange or blue ones or like a scott or stuff like that so that's kind of the time i grew up so there were a lot of kids just at school that had a bike to like literally do wheelies on was uh, that because slope style was becoming more of a thing and dirt jumping and like the country itself was kind of pushing it or i think it, it was like the industry the industry yeah and it was like this new cool thing really uh but yeah nice nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> kind of forgot what the question was no, I, I was just thinking back, like, watching the C- Swedish scene kind of grow up from North America yeah. and, like, seeing, like, Martin Soderstrom, obviously, yeah. like, just kind of going to these different dirt jump contests and yeah. skate parks. And it's like, whoa, like, it was, at, in some point, in some ways, it was better than here, I think, in terms yeah. of if you wanted to do that as a, for a living, yeah. you could really, like, pursue it. Yeah, dirt jumping was, or it's always been way more of a European thing than North American, for sure. Were those, um, who were those uh, early influences for you, like your idols growing up? <laughs> it's funny, like, that Lemoyne did that Timo Pritzel yesterday. Yeah. Because like, I think Timo was my first. That's sick. Like, my first idol, because 
at the bike shop they like play this edits all the time and i will literally go in there like just stare at it for days <laughs> i remember those edits yeah yeah uh, what did you Six think of tabletops and stuff. what did you think of lemoyne's move where'd you <laughs> so, see that like so like rad. tell us about it from your perspective it's so rad uh i was uh it was terrifying to watch him eye it out in practice because uh, it's like me like obviously i didn't plan on doing it myself so i never even like paid attention to like eyeing it out so i didn't really know how possible it looked or didn't look i just saw it from behind i was like hell no i'm not <laughs> jumping that <laughs> fuck that like because if you would take the platform out of the way and you would move the landing to where you actually landed like oh, that yeah. thing looks insane yeah so that he manned up and did that is so crazy and I had a hard time watching him try it. Like, I looked away the first time he went for it because I was like, mm. this is just too fucked up. Yeah, it was weird as a spectator just watching him take practice runs in. And you're like, why is he pedaling? Like, Because we yeah. don't know what he wants yeah. to do. And then just see him go for it. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Do you want to maybe explain a bit better about what, what it is he did? Yeah, so there's watch. like a final, I don't know what you call that, like step up, step down. There's yeah, like a box. On, on, on off yeah. box. On off box, yeah. Yeah, and he just jumped the whole damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> he just pedaled his ass off and jumped the whole damn thing. He didn't even land on top. Yeah. When I, so when I saw it, there was kind of rumblings that he was going to do it. And uh, we didn't know for sure. And I was facing the opposite way, like box was behind me. I was talking to a friend. And we were just talking about like relaxing at the lake. And then all of a sudden he start he screams at me. Oh my God, he did it. And I turn around and I just see boom. And he just explodes. And I thought he was done. And then like 10 minutes later, we see him <laughs> ride it again. Just like he hops up, just does it super chill. 30 minutes later, he tries it again. Yeah. Goes so deep, hangs on. Everybody just goes nuts. It reminded me of like being a kid watching some of the early days, yeah. like Timo or Bear Claw 316. That road gap is like, yeah, fist pumping, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, I'm actually curious about your perspective on that course in general. And like, I think the theme was that they're kind of like trying to get the weird, quote unquote, weird stunts back into slope style yeah. and like change it up with like the fruit bowl. And I don't know if they intended someone to gap the final on off box. They but totally don't. They did <laughs> yeah. not intend like. Like, that, that last on-off, it was too short. Yeah, like, right. The mm. platform was too short. Like That's what we were saying when we were like watching. No riders were able to, like, unless you spun off it and, like, raced up it, there's no way you had, like, good speed. Like, almost majority of all riders, like, back down a lot on what they would have liked to do up onto it mm. just because you needed to land so perfectly. And it, Still, a lot of people took a bitch crank or like just crank on top to get that bit of extra speed. Uh, so, but to your question, yeah, I think with the fruit bowl and having two different, like the fruit bowl is interesting because there's so many different ways to ride it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's slope style itself is like pretty straight on. You got to jump, you attack it one way, mm. not the other. You may land backwards or like take off backwards if you want, but like you can't really do much more than that. Mm. Uh, so to have a feature where it kind of like slows down and you're able to ride in multiple different ways, it, it's sick. You like that? Like you want to see more of that? I think it's a cool element. Honestly, I, I would like to have longer courses as well. I think 
the courses are too short. Uh, like this one, we had two jumps on. Mm-hmm. One hip jump, and that's it with proper jumps. Right. Uh, and we had like a step, like, um, th- for me, it doesn't necessarily need to be just like jumps. It's like regular jumps either, but like having more features on the course is sick. So maybe we can get to see that in the future and with adapting things like the fruit bowl and getting a quarter pipe back in there's just exciting like it's fun for us as athletes to show up and like not just do the same tricks as we've done all season but just on a different feature that we just got to figure out the speed for rather than like okay well how do i really ride this thing like what's the best thing i can do on it and the fruit ball was it was cool like I don't know, like top five, I think, wrote it differently. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Pretty much. Yeah, totally. I think it's like from a trail building perspective, it's very creative. But then from a riding perspective, everybody's clearly getting very creative because yeah. you don't know what to expect. And people are doing like three tricks out of it. People yeah. are riding it like kind of twice, like a yeah. loop almost. And uh, yeah, it's really sweet. We, we, we wondered if uh, there was some sort of issue with the two first wood jumps. Like um, the four pack. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone was looked like they landed low on the first and then you're like screwed for the second. Slope slide is really I like over the years with being involved in builds and riding spots, building my own jumps, speed is so hard to predict. Uh the only thing I know is that when you go straight down a hill, you're gonna be flying, especially on a bike that you have like I don't know, PSI, but we run like four, 4.5, five bars in the tires, yeah. which is like 60 PSI. CSD, yeah. yeah. With suspension that doesn't move unless you like actually land hard. So the speed that we get, that we can pick up very rapidly after getting a lot of elevation is crazy. So on this specific course, it ended up being a speed issue for the first first jump. Which is not unusual, like, it happens, like, in the dream, dream, dream scenario, you would literally drop into a course, and you would need to pump for every single jump, and, like, you land, and you, like, push, and it's, like, perfect for the next one. But it's, to have that, it's, you would, like, need to build a course, have it for a year, adapt it, have it like, it's just such a long evolution of it to get it to that level. Totally. And... Uh, yeah, so this on this course, it was tricky for us. A lot of athletes went very far. And it's also like riding competitions is really demanding uh, on a lot of aspects. And it's very easy that people get like pumped up and you kind of forgot to make sure you take the extra big tap because you're like amped up and like, oh, I want to go huge on this for jump. Sure. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, Poof. yeah, a Kodak passing the landing. And, uh, I've done that myself, like, in the past, and shit happens. Like, you can't really, you just got to try to learn from it. Uh, but it's it's a bit frustrating when it is a course that sometimes, like, limits us as riders with just the speed at the same time as it's competition. So I think a competition should test all capabilities of an athlete and a rider, uh, and the speed judgment is huge part of it for so sure you definitely get to see which ones are able to adapt to it and like i say like i i don't want this to come off wrong but there is a huge element of that as well in there yeah i don't think we're trying to 
talk negatively about course builders here or anything like that. It's more just like identifying the struggles you go through to throw down what you want to show, right? Is there any one course that stands out as uh, being the closest to perfect for in your eyes in the past? I got to say, like, Rotorua back in 2017 is probably the best course I've been on. Like, literally drop in, push for the first step down, land, push, land, push. And then just, like, kept going the whole way. But it it's an interesting course because it goes, like, pretty high up. You go down, 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 and then up with a step up. And all of a sudden, it's almost like each by each landing, the platform of the bottom of the landing kind of raises, and then it, like, drops again. So it kind of goes like a wave like this, mm. which is perfect uh, on that course. But then they rebuild it a bit and all of a sudden it wasn't as perfect anymore. And it, mm. it's it's also like very difficult because like some tricks demand a certain speed and a certain weight, way to approach the jump. So to kind of find that middle ground, it's so hard. Totally. When, uh, when you bring up Rotoro or even Innsbruck too, when you show up as an athlete year, year, year after year and you see it's like pretty much the same course, are you stoked because you know and you're like kind of like remember it or are you like, ah, I wish it was like completely different? I wish it was completely different. <laughs> it's, uh, that's like riding to me. Like when you ride same things over and over again, uh, gets takes a bit of enjoyment out of it and I think being able to adapt, like we spoke about prior, like it tests the riding capabilities of each rider and uh, having different courses, it's sick. It's exciting for the crowd, like even though they didn't intend to have Lemoyne jump that last thing, like <laughs> it's a, one of the craziest things I've witnessed. And like the crowd on top of that, like it was crazy, like it was electric. Did you speak to Lemoyne? Yeah. What did you tell him? He's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I just told him he was dumb. (laughs) No, but we spoke about it, like, during the week, and he was like, I saw him eye it out, and I asked him about it, and he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. And it's like, it's interesting, because at Crankworks, we're literally, like, the 15 best people in the world at what we do. And each athlete even though we're kind of in the same range, we can never, like, jump into another one's capacity and be like, well, this seems approachable, you know? For me, that was an approachable thing. Like, I was like, <laughs> I'm not jumping that. It was an easy call. Like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't speak to me to do it. But for Lemoyne, it was like, well, I'm going for it. And... Uh, it's it's tricky when you see those things. Like in this case, like I had full trust in in his capabilities. At the same time, it's just like if something goes wrong, it's if it would go like ten centimeters too short. Yeah, yeah. Touch the drop, you know, like yeah. Oh my god, yeah. That's that's like the type of things as a spectator you think about. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I'll usually get more nervous and pumped up when I see my friends ride and when I ride myself. Uh, so you always hmm. think about a lot of different elements when you because you're not in control, I guess. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. I guess that's it. And like when you're doing it yourself, you're just ready to live with the with the risks of it. Yeah, in a different way. 
So speaking of uh, New Zealand, we heard that you actually were stuck for six months. Is this true? Like six months? Or, or si- six weeks? Six uh, like weeks? COVID? New Zealand lockdown? Is this true? This it's one? not true. Someone's telling us lies? <laughs> Reese, maybe. You know Reese. Uh, Filmer Reese. I, I got stuck. You did get stuck. Yeah, I got yeah. stuck, but not for six weeks. Oh. So pandemic broke out. Me and Eric was there. <clears throat> I was supposed to film a video project for Red Bull. Filmer was supposed to fly out of Canada. Can't, flight got canceled into New Zealand. And I was like, well, it was like in the beginning, like no one really knew what was going on. So I was like, well, I'm just going to try to book a new flight. Tried, tried to book a new flight. Didn't manage to book a new flight. Okay, well, how can I get to Canada? And I like, we looked into that and two days later they shut the borders. And it seemed like we were in the bubble in New Zealand, like everything was still normal because they didn't have any cases. The whole world just shut down. So it was like, yes, I'm just staying here. And all of a sudden, like in two days, they went from like regular life to full lockdown. Like no leave your house. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I, I was fortunate because I was staying at Red, Red Bull used to have like a Red Bull athlete house in Queenstown. So me and Eric were staying there. I managed to get like gym equipment and stuff. And there were no flights from the country at all. Uh, and my other flights got canceled because I had this crazy round trip going on. And then I managed to find a flight and I flew out like a week later. Oh, it was just a week. Okay. Yeah. Just a week in lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys do to pass the time? At least you had Eric to chat with, I guess. Uh, what did we do? I don't know. Can't really remember. Just. Great question. <laughs> I think the first couple of days goes fast. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, it's just stressful trying to book flights, trying to arrange things. Yeah, you're just trying to get So, home. like, kind of remember what we did. for. F- like, I think we were still allowed to go to grocery store to get food. Mm. Uh, but besides that, we were just chilling. No bike like, riding? Nope. Nothing. Uh, but, yeah. It was interesting, though, when we were in New Zealand for two weeks this fall. We need to be in quarantine for Crankworx Rotorua. That was pretty fucked. <laughs> right. It describe it was, that for the people, because the people at home don't know, maybe, that you did Crankworx Rotorua, yeah. obviously. You flew in, yeah. but you you did get shuttled from there to the hotel, from the airport to the hotel, right? It's It looks like a crazy movie. Like, it's so strange, like arrive and you have to all these papers you look at the papers and like you can get go through and then uh, you don't pick up your luggage they pick up your luggage and then we all just went like we're like jail members right onto this bus the bus drives us to a hotel hotel we stand in the queue we got to keep two meters space get in like each of everyone like and you see your luggage but you're not allowed to touch the luggage and then your luggage get delivered up to your room. And then once it's up to at your room, you're not allowed to, like, deliver it out. So I had my bikes and I had, like, a lot of things in the bike bag. So I somehow managed to, like, pick those things out that I needed because I had some training equipment with me. But it's just really strange. Like, we need to book time slots for walking. So it's like you're allowed to walk outside for 30 minutes a day. Wow. That's it. And... <laughs> literally wake up, call the reception, can I book a time slot for walking? <laughs> like, we, yeah, we have one at 
11.30 tonight. It's like, <laughs> that is so dystopian. It's yeah, like, dude, it's that's insane. Like, it felt like a dystopian podcast. Like, we got the Swedish one, which is, like, full dystopian, where they, like, speak about all these crazy things. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And it felt like I was living it. Oh, wow. And you walk around, and you're not allowed to pass anyone. You And I was, like, doing jumping jacks because I got bored, like, yeah. pretty fast. And I was like, no jumping jacks. It's like, why? You can break your ankle. Uh-oh. I was like... The odds of that happening is so low, but at the same time, it's, I'm like, well, if I would have COVID in this case and break my ankle, like, would be a problem because then it would get in the hospital and stuff. So I respect that. It just felt really frustrating knowing that I was at my room doing it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, of uh, course. But that was an interesting experience. I wouldn't want to do it again, but definitely got a lot of computer work done. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Played a lot of Tetris. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> Um, bike school. What comes to mind when uh, you hear bike school? Not sure. What do you want to know? Well, we were told to ask you about this. It seems yep. like there's some sort of program that you had access to in your uh, teenage years where you could literally bike for part of your education. You had like an elective where you could just ride. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with the school system here, but in Sweden you go like. Elementary school, one till nine, ninth grade. And then you select a subject you want to dive into. And this subject could be, you could do car- carpentry and then like you've done those three years and then you like one year of, uh, you call it trials, like you basically go and work for a year, but for no money. Oh, and yeah. And then yeah. you like fully Pr- educate. Internship. Yeah, yeah, internship. Yeah, internship. Um, and then you like either go to university or high school after that. So we call it gymnasium in Swedish. So when you're 16, you start gymnasium. And there's various different gymnasiums around Sweden that has different sports programs. However, when I was 16, there were two different ones in Sweden, actually, that had mountain biking uh, with gravity focus. There is an additional one that has just cross-country and, like, uh, road road cycling. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yep. And I went to one of them. The other one got shut down a couple of years later. But so, yeah, we four times a week, we were having training sessions, sometimes on the bike, sometimes off the bike, like in the gym. So it was a school that had like, we had also the only velodrome in the whole Sweden at the gym that I lived right next to in an apartment. So I moved there when I was 16. I moved out of my parents' place. I moved in with, like, two roommates that was kind of the same age as me. And they were riding bikes, and we just did that and studied. <laughs> so, like, amazing. is it like, okay, Tuesday, we're going to focus on bar spins, and then no, Thursday. No, no, no. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> no. Today's oppo, it's, everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just did those days, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so it's very, it was very broad. Because okay. when I started, I think in total, in first, second, and third grade, on the gymnasium, we were, like, maybe 15 people. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Now they are like 50. Wow. So it's way different. I, I think they had like 30, I think it was 25 students that applied for enduro biking mm. at this school this year going into this this fall. So it's a lot 
more now than it used to be when I was at school. So basically, we were like 15 in total. That meant like two BMX racers, two downhill racers, one enduro, uh, one like BMX slash dirt jump guy, couple of people that were like a bit more focused on like wanting to do slope style. And some people just basically went to that school to get out of their parents' place. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds uh, like the <coughs> class skipping class sometimes. Yeah, so, but that's just how it goes. Like, it's, uh, in Sweden, we have a private system, or, like, it was a private school. It's privately owned, but they get, like, funding from the government for it. So, for each student, they get money. So, nevertheless, if they're serious or not, the school right. wants money. So, there's people going there, but... Uh, now it they it's gotten way more selective with a bigger demand. That's awesome. And does it breed? Well, obviously you went there and yeah. you're doing pretty well. Uh, <laughs> is there anyone else who you know who's like gone further, whether it's slope style or BMX or cross country? Yeah, there's there's a lot of great students at the yeah. moment that are really building up, and it's very fortunate where that school is located. Like I moved to that city seven years ago to start school. And I still live there. That's the reason I live there. I, I don't really think I would have moved there otherwise at all, ever. But we got some good trails around the, around town. I'm in, like, a sport academy with, like, other athletes as well. Hmm. Um, but an hour from where I live, there is Dome Adrenaline Zone, which is, like, the indoor spot with airbag and foam pit and stuff. So it's just crazy how, like, the stars aligned for that to open up so close to where I live. That place looks insane, like with the giant, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but like giant airbag landings that look like perfect. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's freaking amazing. It's, uh, (laughs) if I would have had that, like when I was 15, holy crap. Like I see kids now, they've been like, oh, I've just been riding for like three years and they do like flip triple bars and like really, they got really good at doing tricks really fast because I remember like, you needed to really, really, really man up to go from, like, foam pit to mulch jump, you know? Mm-hmm. But now it's, like, foam pit, airbag, mulch jump. Like, there's a way easier process and also just bigger stuff. Like, when I grew up, like, the foam pit lip maybe was this big. Right. If you're lucky, you got around on, like, a flip bar. <laughs> so it's, it's cool to see how it's all evolving. Well, you've trained hard to the point where... Everything you do just looks like butter and effortless. Does it annoy you when people say that slope style's gotten boring? Because uh, I read that a couple times this morning. Yeah. Before recapping uh, the event. Some and well-educated commenters, I'm sure. I don't think yeah. I was bored <laughs> yesterday watching. Some well-educated that. ones, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, like, I. I don't expect anyone to be able to understand what I do. So with that said, it's like if someone appreciates it or likes it, sweet. At the same time, it's like if they don't, well, who am I to tell them they should, you know? Uh, And it's interesting because in the end of the day, like competitions, it's a competition. Like, and we have a competition format and it's basically like, the most technical, diverse run wins the competition. There's a lot of elements in it that weighs in. Like, and it's hard to 
if we don't have features that like push us to only do like stylish tricks that the mainstream average Joe wants to see, uh, there's going to be high technicality spins, flips, bar spins, tail whips. Like that's how it is. It's competition. If they don't enjoy that, go watch a video part. Uh, it's because there, there, there is so much on the internet to watch. So the people that even are taking time out of their day to like bother with that stuff, I feel bad for them. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of negativity out there for sure. And I'm curious. You're only obviously you're only 23, yeah. <laughs> but let's pretend you're driving the slope style bus of the sport. Where do you drive it? Do you go bigger features and more? fruit bowls and teeter-totters and go crazy <laughs> or do you go with those like more jumps more technical throw the more bar spins more kind of like i guess to the regular viewer you can't tell that it's crazy technical but it is great question i think future will, future will tell uh i don't really have any set like direction i like this is what I want to do. I just want teeter-tarters or whatever it's called and fruit bowls. It's it's not that way, but I have my way of riding and there's 14 other people in the field yesterday and all of them have their way of riding. So we got to find a middle ground, which has been pretty good so far. Like there has been a middle ground where we managed to have a competition format, but again, this competition format benefits some riders over the others. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the people that are successful at those events are the better riders at all aspects. It's just this one aspect of a competition. So we will see. I, I do, of course, I do have things in mind where I want to progress and where I see possibilities of uh, evolving uh and yeah future will tell basically future's looking bright <laughs> all these good we'll shredders see. coming yeah. up yeah, yeah yeah no totally it's uh feels like now especially coming out of the pandemic it's been like a lot of kids because between like age let's say 15 to like 20 a lot of things happen usually for all riders they mature strong enough to like muscle through things and old enough to like be able to go outside their house without their parents <laughs> you know like yeah, to, yeah like, totally. basically go do ride or, like go ride with some older people and stuff like that so it's super exciting now like there's a lot of younger kids coming up and it's gonna be good awesome will we see you at rampage this year nope no rampage i did not even put in the application yeah i remember being with you there back what was it 2018 yeah yeah and uh, just seeing your process of how to attack that event, because it's obviously a whole different thing than slope yep. style. You can apply some slope style mentality to it and tricks and stuff like that. But do, do you have more interest in the free ride pursuits at all? Yes, Yeah, I do. Uh, however, this year it's an overlap with Red, uh, Crankworks Cans. Mm. Right. Red Bull Rampage. Right. So it doesn't matter how much I would have tried, I would only have made it to Vegas on the Tuesday morning, afternoon. Oh my God. When like digging <laughs> starts and it's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, that's fair. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're all, we will allow that. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to give it a fair shot because last, last time I was going into the event, 
already behind, you know, like second year at the venue, not being at a rampage ever prior, like not knowing the process, working with diggers for the first time, like just doing that whole thing, huge learning curve. But I felt like it was just that for me. It wasn't like I was able to like really perform. Uh, so I kind of got squeezed in the corner of like all the other lines because they didn't want to interrupt things. And I also got the call like a week prior, literally called my off season off like a month before that. <laughs> like I was in Barcelona at like Happy Ride, just riding my dirt jump bike, not focusing on Rampage. Flying out. Of the, yeah. I'd, when I flew out to Utah, I still haven't done the single spin on my big bike. Wow. So it's like, I wasn't prepared like I haven't even done any tricks on it or anything I haven't I did like a three drop like a couple of months prior but my bike was still set up like a full downhill bike like heavy tires heaviest tubes because they didn't want flats like now my bike is way more adapted for doing tricks so and over anything I also learned because it's interesting with bikes like you got to figure out suspension settings and I come from a background where okay my fork says 230 PSI max. I pump 230 PSI and then <laughs> I lock the fork. It's like sweet. And then tires, they say six bars is max. I pump it to six bars. I crank every single Allen key thing to like absolute max because mm -hmm. I didn't want him to move. <laughs> and going from that to getting on a like a downhill bike where you want things to move, it's like kind of like awkward in the beginning, but you got to learn that and that's been a learning curve for me the past, I want to say, five years. Because I didn't even have a downhill bike until 2017. Right. So it's Whole new world. Yeah, whole <laughs> new world. Yeah, totally yeah. different. It sounds like you want to get into another whole world. We have, uh, we heard that you want a Trek checkpoint. You becoming a gravel <laughs> packing rider. <laughs> yeah, word travels fast. Yeah, rumors, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, bike packing. Nope. You want to go bike nope, packing? No bike packing. I thought about uh, well, commuting, though. Instead of driving my car around town to go shopping, I could just take my bike. That's nice. So that's probably how the rumors spread. So yeah. You're going to get the panniers? What's that? Like the bags on the side? You're going to get like a neon green jacket, nope. reflectors? Nope. No? Nope. Probably have some flats on it. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. No, sweet. Sweet bikes. Definitely. No bike packing. No bike packing. Does the idea of bike packing sound ridiculous to you? Not at all. No. It just, I don't really want to waste my energy on it. <laughs> yeah. You can only There's, do so many I, things, I guess. I bet like in fuck, 15 years, I'd probably do it. There you go. Or maybe in 10 years or even sooner. But at the moment, like that's not my focus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. You know, like, what do you do off the bike? Like, How do you like chill? <laughs> Are you just biking all the time? <laughs> I'm not necessarily biking all the time, but my schedule is pretty packed. Uh, um, been pretty involved in a lot of things with companies the past couple of years, signature lines, signature products, new things, and just being involved in those things takes a lot of time. So that's what I've been spending a lot of my free time or free time doing. Um, besides that, I'm hitting the gym hanging out with friends, planning whatever bike trip I need to go on and want to go on, should be on, whatever, whatnot. So I'm pretty much full-time 
working. Working. If I were to use a regular word, but for me, it's just full-time living, really. Just doing what I want to do. Yeah, seems like you're doing pretty good at what it. What motivates you to just be your best? And what, like, why do you think you're such a hard worker? Is there people, certain people in your life that motivate you? Is it within yourself? Uh, great question. I don't really have an answer to it more than... I feel like not doing what I'm capable of and not doing what I want to do uh, feels more heartbreaking to me than to put in the hard work. And with... It's, yeah, it's very hard to put words into it, but basically what I want to say, like, I might as well just give it my best shot at, like, pursuing and, like, trying to be the best at what I do. And it, and that doesn't necessarily need to be, like, mountain bike focused, you know? Just being the best, like, how can I be a better person? How can I be a better whatever? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, just evolving because I think it's a great way to live like wanting to get better every day and you don't need to be freaky with it and be like fully how to say uh, addicted to it mm. I guess or obsessed obsessed like yeah you know I mean? that's you the word I'm looking for but about it. to in one way or another look at ways to improve yourself and people around you and your life is uh, it's it's great because I think people that do that uh, feels a purpose in life. It's a very mature answer for a twenty three year old. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you got a packed schedule. We appreciate your time. I think we should uh, play a game or this or that and get this thing wrapped up so you can get out there in the bike park and go ride. A-Line or Dirt Merchant <laughs> over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever and played sit, and this sit or in that? the queue. Yeah, and yeah. sit in the queue. Yeah. Yes. Get Have a you ever played this or that? Nope. Okay, so there's going to be this, this or, or that. that. <laughs> two, qu- two answers. Two things. Quick fire. Choose. Yeah, get a Swedish berry in you first. Yep. Um, you just, oh, thank you. Thank you. You just answer whatever the first thing comes to your mind. Oh, thank you. All right, who's reading them, though? It's, it's on me. You guys wrote a lot of these. Yeah. I feel like I might mess up the last one. Wait, is the last one an acronym, boys? Or do I? <laughs> no, no, that's, <laughs> oh, no. that's a name. Mm-hmm. Jason, I think you, you should want to do, do it. I can do it. All right, you ready? All right, here we go. Drop the music. All right, Emil. <laughs> this is like the millionaire. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> Who wants to be an emailionaire? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Dirt jumper or downhill bike? Dirt jumper. Slow style or free ride? Free ride, yeah. Dirt jumps or wood jumps? Dirt jumps or wood jumps? Dirt jumps. Airbag or foam pit? Foam pit. Backflip or 360? 360. Tuck no hander or suicide no hander? Suicide no hander. Bar spin or superseder? Superseders. Sweden or Canada? Both. <laughs> uh, that is not how you play this or that. Amelia, you're going to have to choose one. Okay, Sweden. Push ups or sit ups? Sit ups. Squats or deadlifts? Squats. Risk or reward? What? What do you mean that? <laughs> Risk or reward? Know. I don't even yeah. know. 
Grace. Okay. I wouldn't choose Don't worry. a reward. Your life will remain the same after you answer. It's all good. Yeah. Will it, though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. Nobody does. Giant novelty check or pop in champagne? Novel? Like, what's that? That thing right there. Giant check. Like check that. or the champagne? Yeah. <laughs> check. Uh, joyride or rampage? Joyride. Donuts or cereal? Cereal. Swedish meatballs or Swedish berries? Meatballs. Saab or Volvo? Volvo. Uh, I got a Volvo, but I gotta go for Saab though, because they're made in the same. Like they they used to be made in before they got bankrupt. They were made in the same town as I grew up in. Oh, nice. So I gotta pay homage to that. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, IKEA or H and M? IKEA. H and M or Spotify? Spotify. What, is Spotify Swedish? Swedish? It is. Yeah. Okay, we're yeah, learning, yeah, yeah. we're learning. Finally, ABBA or Ace of Bass? ABBA. Well played, bah, bah, Emil. Bah, bah, bah. Well played. <laughs> you are now a millionaire. <laughs> you won. <laughs> well, um, if the people want to follow you, I got a few things here. A couple things. They can go to emilmtb.com. Yes. Nice. Or your Instagram. Yes. Uh Johan, I don't know how to say this. Is it, it doesn't really link up. So a lot of people are named Emil Johansson. So I just name myself Johansson Emil, but without the N. So it just runs like Johansson Emil. And over the years, it got funny. Like I've had people come up to me. It's like, how are you doing, Johansson Emil? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Joe, Joe, pretty handsome. Yeah. <laughs> we heard you have a few nicknames too. Casey Brown said she calls you uh, Emil. You want some? Yeah, so I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's People okay. have a lot of issues with saying my name correctly, so I just let them run with it and let them have full confidence that they spelled it out right. That's nice of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, anywhere, anything else you want to like promote or let people know about? Uh, not really. No. Thanks for <laughs> listening to me. I guess and you guys. Yeah. You, yeah. Do you even know the name of the podcast? Nope. Take a guess. It's feeding off each other. Is it what? It's feeding off each other. Oh, <laughs> now I got it. I was like, are you like trying to make? Oh, okay. Now, yeah, now feeding it's feeding off each other. Off each other. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was really smooth. Yeah, we're all just feeding off each other. Do you know what movie that quote is from? Nope. It's from Matt Hunter in Seasons. Surely you've heard that expression before, feeding off each other. Yeah, yeah no, I heard it. Yeah. Well, we were that's just, years ago, Seasons. Yeah, out. long like, time Is that ago. like? 2010 or is it even earlier? No, yeah, I think you're about right. Yeah. Probably 2010, 20, yeah. Whistler Bike Park segment, pretty, super legendary, actually. I really need to go down the history lane. When I, like, got into riding to, like, okay, man, okay, what were people doing, like, five years ago and, like, four years ago and stuff? Mm. Kind of that time was when I got into it. I was, like, 11 back then, so. Okay. I was still not very, very familiar with, like, I still haven't watched all the NWDs. Let's have a movie party. Yeah, we'll come to Sweden. That's how late I am. But I watched majority of them. But like, I haven't been able to find all of them online. That's the hard part now. Yeah. Some of those were like VHS. Yeah, <laughs> movies. Yeah, maybe we can find them and we'll we'll mail them to you. We'll find the box set. Yeah, that would be sweet. I thought about it. I would like that. You got a DVD player? I got a PS2. Okay, there we wow. go. Nice. Do you have downhill domination? No. But I actually got like a converter for the PS2 because it 
always been with me. Like whenever I moved, like it's just gotten with me. Yeah. But I haven't installed it into my TV for like four years because it wouldn't do it. So I got a converter. So I got like SSX on tour on it. And like <laughs> I actually got Daymira for the first time. But oh, the yeah. converter is so shit. So everything, like all the colors go weird. <laughs> but <laughs> it's still Daymira. So. Daymira 2? No. Great the, question. The, oh, or is it Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX as well? There's no, it's Daymira. Daymira. Is that what's what's your favorite video game of all time? The one I frothed the most growing up is SSX on tour, mm. which is like where you could ski and snowboard. And I remember like being a kid, and you could all, do all those monster tricks that was called. And you like literally strap the board off and like spin it around your head <laughs> and like back on again and yeah. like all these ridiculous things. I just thought it was pretty cool. But what about Tony Hawk? Never played. No. Oh my goodness! Wow. All right, we're going to send you I all the New World Disorders, yeah. <laughs> Swedish Berries, Tony Hawk, and what was the other thing? There's something else. I don't know. Downhill Domination. Downhill Domination. Downhill Domination. Yeah. And a new Sounds converter. Good. And a new converter, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a very cheap one. That's probably why. All right, man. Okay. Well, thank you Thanks very much. Me. Congratulations once again. Yeah. And uh, you're the man. You're the Thanks man. You're the man. Much. Good luck Thanks for listening. Uh, the rest of the year. Like Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, have fun it's out there. Strange. We're just halfway through our season. Not, yeah, not even. Yeah, you gotta get now. You gotta go to like Australia. <laughs> That's wild. But next year we're back on same schedule. I think we're like New Zealand is in the beginning of the year. Cairns will be like May, and then we end here next year. So it's crazy to say like a year from now, the next season is done. But now we're just halfway through this season. Well, so. we'll be watching. We'll yeah, be watching Sweet. for sure. Yeah, for sure. We'll be rooting for you. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, where do they follow us? Oh, the follow people us out there. on YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, Deezer. These nuts. These nuts. These nuts. <laughs> and uh, wherever else you get your fine podcast. Thanks, Emil. Thank Thanks, you. Dude. Go have fun. Thanks Thank you. Me. It's an honor to have you here. Yeah. I hope you uh, enjoy the Swedish berries later on on the trail side. <laughs> All your homies will be stoked. Yeah. All right. All right. See ya. Peace out. We're out. Nom, nom, nom. Thank you for listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Please subscribe for more great podcasts. <laughs>